Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. What should you do if you sense the Lord speaking to you to do something, but you're not sure? How do we become sure so that we're really obeying the voice of the Lord? Few things that you can check out, right? First, we can always check what we think we heard from God. We can check it with his word. Because if God tells you to do something that's not going to differ or contradict what he's already spoken in the word. Have you ever heard clearly from God? When you're not used to hearing his voice, it can be difficult to discern what God is saying from your own thoughts. And it can lead you to disobeying God by not following his instructions. Today, Pastor Bill teaches you how you can begin to discern God's voice from among the noise in your heart by listening for the things that He is saying to you over and over again. He is always ready to speak to you, but it's up to you to learn how to listen to Him. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3 as he begins his message, Hearing from God. 1 Samuel chapter 3, again, I titled the message, Hearing from God. You guys have been following the story. Samuel was born to Hannah as a result of her prayer and crying out to God because she had been barren and God blessed her and gave her this son. She kept her part of the deal. She took little Samuel. We don't know exactly what age he was, but she delivered him there to the temple. And the people at the temple, the priest's name was Eli and his sons, were they good guys or bad guys? All right, so we got introduced to Eli, the priest. He's the spiritual leader at the time, and he's not a good leader. He's not a good leader because he has two sons that are wicked and sinful, and they are running amok at the temple of God. Now, his son's sin is their fault, but the Bible is going to hold Eli accountable because he doesn't restrain them. So I want to be clear. If you got bad kids, but you did your part, that's on them, right? But if you got bad kids under your roof and you letting them be bad and you're allowing them that you're not restraining them from being bad you in trouble too y'all got that to all y'all parents that don't discipline that you got the naughty carpet and all that bogus stuff from this generation that's um we have an obligation to god to instruct our children especially if you are a spiritual leader so God says to pastors in 1 Timothy chapter 3 that if you are a called to be a, a pastor, a shepherd, the flock of God, it says one of the prerequisites is that you must rule your own house well. Doesn't mean your children are perfect. Doesn't mean they all get saved, but it means that you hold them in check. That means your kids ain't running amok. You're going to restrain your kids from doing anything and everything. So Eli hasn't done that. And so that's going to bring you know about some of what we're going to see tonight. So First Samuel chapter three, look at verse one with me. It says, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. So we got a lot here in this first verse, right? First of all, it says Samuel, the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord. And so he wasn't a priest. He wasn't, that wasn't his deal yet. He would serve in, in, in that capacity. But at this point, it says he ministered to the Lord. He was there serving in whatever. We're not told exactly the capacity that Eli was allowing him to serve in, but he was already ministering. He was there. That word minister for you guys, it just means servant. 
So when you see someone say, I'm a, I am a minister, it doesn't mean he's a big deal. It means he's a servant. That's what it's supposed to be. So Samuel ministered to the Lord. And we don't know exactly how old he is. The secular historian Josephus says that Samuel was 12 at this time, which is not a bad, you know, uh, th- that, that could be accurate. So um, but he's there. Samuel's there ministering to the Lord before Eli. And this is what it says. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. And you look up that word rare. The Hebrew word is yakar, and it means precious or valuable. So it's like, well, well how does that work? The, the word of the Lord was precious and valuable, but there was no widespread revelation. This is what it meant, right? Because they weren't hearing from the Lord with regularity. When God did speak, it was rare and it was precious. It was valuable. They weren't hearing that God wasn't speaking a lot. I think this is this is very important to our story because as we get to the point of our story, where we learn about how to hear God's voice clearly. One of the prerequisites to hearing from God is that we're positioned our heart that says, God, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. One of the reasons why God's word possibly was rare, wasn't common, is that the people that were in charge of God's people, those that were handling the word of God, they weren't obeying what was what had already been revealed. Eli is there. In the temple, he's already been warned. There's already been a word of the Lord. A man of God has already spoken to him about his household. He's not heeded the word of God. And so I do believe that, and we'll talk about this in more detail later in the message, but one of the prerequisites for, if I want to hear from God with regularity, with clarity, I got to be in a position in my life where I'm saying, God, I'm listening to what you say. I want to hear from you that I might obey you. Not that I might be able to say, God spoke to me. Some people, that, that's a big deal in our culture today. People want to say, you know, God told me, God spoke to me. And I think people use it in a way that kind of makes them something more. But we'll see that when God speaks when necessary, God speaks to whoever he wants. Y'all know God spoke through donkeys. God spoke to non-believers. God spoke to wicked people. God is sovereign. So if God speaks to me, it doesn't make me a big deal. Amen. And if God speaks a word to you, it doesn't make you a big deal. But It does mean you've heard something valuable and important because God's word will always be valuable and important. And if nothing else, God's word will be true. And so there's no widespread, you know, prophetic revelation is the idea. God's there's no widespread revelation. So this is one of those eras in history where God's just not he's not saying a lot. We see that elsewhere in scripture. As you come to the end of the Old Testament, that gap between the Old and New Testament, there were some years of silence. Where they just they weren't hearing from the Lord till John the Baptist rolled in with the word that said repent. And so there are eras where, you know, people have rebelled and been disobedient to where God's just silent. And so I would just challenge us. If we're going to talk about hearing from God and we're going to learn from this lesson of Samuel. I want everybody here to consider how well do you hear from God? Um, do you hear from the Lord? Is it clear to you when God has spoken? You wonder sometimes, how do I discern between the noise in my head and was actually God's word. We'll look at how we can do that later. Um, but do you hear from the Lord? Does God speak to you? And if so, how does he do so? How does God speak? How should we expect to hear from the Lord? This is an instance where we're going to see today God speaks audibly. How does God speak today? Does he speak out loud? You know, how does God speak? We'll talk about all that as we keep going. But there's no widespread revelation. Verse two says, and it came to pass at that time when Eli was lying down in his place and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was and while Samuel was lying down that the Lord called Samuel. 
And he said, here I am. I'm sorry. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. And he said, I did not call you lie down again. And he went and lie down. So, you know, the Bible is very explicit in setting the scene for us. Uh, we're in first Samuel chapter three, verses three and four. Now it's the evening time. You know, it's in the evening. It says Eli's eyes had begun to grow so dim that he couldn't see. And so some people have made the reference that Eli, what was happening in his physical life was also representative of his spiritual life. Um, he was also not seeing spiritually anymore either. You know, his eyes were just not just his physical eyes were growing dim, but his spiritual eyes were growing dim because of his disobedience and his ongoing rebellion against the word that he had heard from the Lord. And so be that as it may, it's letting us know it's evening time. It's before the lamp of God would go out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was. And Samuel was lying down. So maybe they're getting ready to go to bed. And it says the Lord called Samuel. This is audible. Samuel heard out loud. I don't want to make God's voice up, you know, but, you know, he heard an out loud call of God and he jumped up and thought it was Eli. So whatever God's voice sounded like, Samuel misunderstood it to be Eli calling him. And so we're going to see three times that the Lord calls to Samuel. He called him. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, I hear I am. You called me. And Eli said, no, I didn't call you. Go lie back down. And he went and lay down. Verse six, it says, the Lord called yet again, Samuel. This is what we know so far. God has just called him by name, Samuel. And he called him by his name. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. And he answered, I did not call you, my son, lie down. Verse seven. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Information, right? It, this is all going to change right now. But up until this point, Samuel has been dedicated by his mom. He's been delivered to the temple by mom. He's there ministering to the Lord, but he doesn't yet know the Lord. And he's never heard a word of the Lord before. But all that's getting ready to change is God is going to call Samuel. Sovereignly, God is going to reach out to Samuel and call him. And so verse eight, it says, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and he went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. Now, you sound like Eli, it's like Samuel getting sick of this. No, you did too call me. I heard you this time. You know, and he went back to Eli and said, no, you did call me. I heard it this time. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Before I read on, I think there's something really important here that I want to point out to you guys. And this has been my experience. I've experienced this personally, and I want to I feel like it might be helpful to you. So God has called him three different times. He doesn't yet know it's God's voice, but it's God. And God called him first, thought it was Eli. God called again, thought it was Eli. God called him again, thought it was Eli. Eli is getting ready to let him know. Next time you get to answer this way because it's the Lord. Here's something I have learned from the Lord. When God is speaking something to my heart, and many times over my life, there's been something that God has spoken. And like you, there are times where I'm wondering, God, is that you or is that me? Is that you're telling me to do this or is this do I just want to do that? And that's why it's on my heart. I don't know the difference. Here's one of the ways that I've been able to discern the difference between me and God. If I shelf a thing, if something's on my heart and I say, I'm going to just leave that alone and pray. I'm not positive. It's from the Lord. This is God's track record with me. That God will keep speaking the same thing. Right. And this is what I've learned from the Lord. God doesn't change his mind about what he's called you or me to do or what he's called you or me to be. 
And so if I thought I heard from the Lord, I'm like, I'm not sure. I think that was the Lord, but I'm, I'm going to keep praying about that. And I've had it happen where I'm, you know, I'm in places where I'm maybe I'm here seeking the Lord in the church setting. And then God's like, boom, that's spoken in my heart again. And there's another quiet time over here where I'm just spending time with the Lord. And that thing is on my heart again. And I'm like, one of the ways that I've been able to discern the difference between my thoughts and God's word is that, God, you keep saying the same thing. You don't change your mind. I'm glad for that because I, eventually I can say, okay, I'm going to just take this as confirmation that this is the Lord. So God is calling to Samuel, what should you do if you sense the Lord speaking to you to do something, but you're not sure? How do we become sure so that we're really obeying the voice of the Lord? few things that you can check out, right? First, we can always check what we think we heard from God. We can check it with his word. Because if God tells you to do something that's not going to differ or contradict what he's already spoken in the word. So if you thought you heard something in mind, I think you should steal that. You know, you could already go that that's that's the devil. <laughs> that's not God. You know, that you can check that off the list automatically. Right. So it's not going to contradict or conflict what's already there in the written word of God. And then here's the thing, you guys, God's not mean. And God's not playing games. And so if my heart's desire is truly to obey whatever he says, and I'm saying, God, just confirm it somehow. Just make it clear to me that that's what you're saying. I believe that God will do that, and we just have to be ready for however he does it. I don't get to dictate how God will make it clear, but I can trust that he will make it clear. God's not hiding his will from us. He will make it clear to those that are seeking him Genuinely, God's not playing mean games. Trying to, I, almost, y'all. I've, I've got that one commercial. It's a commercial where this guy is fishing with a dollar. You know, the people are trying to get it. Oh, you know, he keeps moving it and not letting them get the thing. You know, God's not doing that to you. He does want us to know his will that we might obey him. So Eli, again, the rest of verse eight and nine, Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now, even though Eli was not in a place of obedience himself, Eli had history with the Lord and Eli knew what it was. Eli has heard from the Lord before and he just hasn't been obeying for quite some time. And Eli, perceiving that God was calling, he gave him good counsel. He said, go lay down. And next time you hear God call you, this is what you say. Say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. I want you to circle the word hears because it's very important. He's not saying speak because I heard with my ears. That word hears, it means this. It means to hear with the intent to obey. So it's important, right? He's saying, God, I heard you. And I'm saying, God, you called me and I'm listening now with the intent to obey. So if that's how we're going to hear from God, if you want to hear clearly from the Lord, you must listen with the intent to obey. This will impact your Bible reading. If you read your Bible every day and you're already disobeying 10 things that you know are clearly in the writ of Scripture, but you're reading still anyway, you probably might not get a whole lot out of it. It might just be, go, pew, 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 you know, because you're not reading with the intent to obey it. Because if you intended to obey, you'll go back and obey the other things that you're already not doing. If we want to hear from the Lord, those that will hear clearly are those that hear with the intent to obey. I think of Philip in the book of Acts. 
you know, Philip was serving somewhere faithfully. Ministry was going well. And it says the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip to leave fruitful ministry and go to the desert. And he didn't stutter step. He got moving toward the desert. Uh, he obeyed what he heard from the Lord. Then as he was in the desert, he saw this chariot. And then the spirit spoke to him and said, go overtake the chariot. So he started running to catch up with the chariot. And lo and behold, as he catches up with the chariot, there's a Ethiopian eunuch that's coming from some place of worship with a scroll of Isaiah. And he doesn't understand it. He said, hey, bro, can you help me read this? Just so happens to be reading at the section of text that talks about Jesus, how he was silent before his, like a lamb is before his shearers is silent. So Jesus was like, who is this talking about? I mean, just laid it out for him to preach the gospel, baptize this man, and God did a little miracle for him right there. And you look at that and think, man, God, I want to hear from you like that. Do you listen like that? Does the Lord speak to you and say, leave something and go somewhere? Will you go? Or you'll be praying about it for a month. Well, I'm still praying about it. I think God told me to do it. I'm praying about it. That's Christian disobedience. We got all kind of Christianese for how we disobey or we delay obedience and one of the ways we delay obedience is we'll take something that God clearly said do and we'll say, I'm praying about it. I just want to be clear that you can't pray about everything, right? There's some things that God has commanded and you don't have the freedom to say, I'm praying about it. Imagine that you tell one of your children to do something and they say, I'm going to pray about it, right? So I say, hey, son, take out the trash. Dad, I'm praying about it. Two days later, son, I told you to take out the trash today. I'm, I'm still praying about whether or not God wants me. How many of you parents would deal with that, right? And neither will your heavenly father ain't playing, he ain't playing them games either. So, you know, we expect, now, you, you ain't got to pray about that. That's a command that we follow with some discipline afterwards. So he tells Samuel, speak, Lord. Tell the Lord, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in this place. Verse 10, now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Now, so he does exactly what Eli tells him. And in just a moment, the Lord is getting ready to speak to him. But I, I want to I throw out some things that can be a hindrance to hearing from the Lord. A few things that maybe will help us in our desire to hear God more clearly. So this is not an exhaustive list, but these are some things, some common things. So number one on my list of hindrances to hearing from God is disobedience. If I'm already disobeying God, why would I expect God to be more specific or more clear with me about other details? I'm already not obeying. So disobedience can be a hindrance to hearing from God. Pride can be a hindrance to hearing from God. Some people are so proud, they, they're going to do what they want to do. They're not really listening for counsel or for direction. They're proud. We saw that in Joshua where they didn't bother to seek the Lord or ask the Lord because they were confident that they had it without the Lord. They went forward and made a commitment to the Gibeonites and had an issue there. And so pride can be a hindrance to hearing from God. Some people don't hear from God because they're self-willed. They just want to do what they want to do. Some other challenges are hardness of heart. Hebrews 3.15, the Lord says there to the writer of Hebrews, if today if you will hear my voice, he says, harden not your hearts. So having a hard heart can make it difficult, can be a hindrance to hearing from the Lord. Another one, unbelief. Unbelief can be a hindrance. In James 1, 
verses six and seven, James says there, look, when you pray, you got to pray with faith. You can't be like the unstable man that's, you know, wavering back and forth. He says, don't let that man not think that he'll receive anything from the Lord. And so if you come to the Lord, you got unbelief. That can be a, a challenge to hearing from the Lord. And so, again, I would encourage you that when God speaks in a way that we didn't expect, like Elijah, he was listening for the Lord in this way and that way. And the Lord came with a still, small voice. Sometimes we miss God because God spoke in a way. That's not how I was expecting it to come. I wanted it to come through a sermon or I wanted it to come through some other means. And God does what he does, how he's going, how he's going to do it. That's in First Kings 19, where God came with the still small voice. And so sometimes people can miss the Lord because he just came in a way that we weren't thinking that he would. And lastly, challenge to hearing from the Lord is just a lack of spiritual intimacy, not really spending time, not really being with God. And so you don't know his voice. You don't know the difference between you with your own thoughts so much. You don't really know his voice. You don't know how to discern when God is speaking. So those are some hindrances, things we should be aware of. We should always test the word of the Lord by scripture. Like we said earlier, we should test every word till we know it is from the Lord. And I would say this because I've seen this done. Don't be so proud as to say God has certainly spoken this thing or that thing when you're not really sure because it's a big deal to lie on the Lord. I'm saying that because in church circles, these things happen often. People say, oh, you know, God told me to tell you blah, 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 you know, and then it never comes to pass. And then they don't get held accountable because we don't get to stone them like you did in the Old Testament. You say God said and it don't happen on Tuesday. We come in with rocks on Wednesday and you're never going to do that again. You know, today people do it over and over again and they get away with it. And so, you know, if you think and this is really important, right? If you think God spoke something to you, it's fair, right? Especially if you're not sure. It's fair to say, I, I think God is speaking this to me. So I'm going to move forward. And if it's God, I'm going to. You know, God, I'll let God confirm his word. But I believe this is the Lord. You know, I believe God has spoken this. You can say that because that's the truth. I'm not positive. Hopefully I'll be more sure of his voice as I continue to kind of pursue him and seek him out. I read this story this week as I was going through this. There was a young man that was at a Wednesday night study and he left. It was about hearing from God. And he said, God, I want to hear from you. You know, I want I want to hear from you like like what I read in the text. And as he was driving home, he felt like the Lord was telling him to go to a store and buy a gallon of milk. He said, oh, that's crazy. And he just kept driving. And he said, you know what, God, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. Just in case it's you, I'm going to go do it. So he went and bought this gallon of milk. And he's in the car and he's driving home. And he's driving home the normal way he goes home. And since that the Lord was saying, no, turn down this other street. And he passed it by thinking, oh, Sal, what is that? And, and then, but he doubled back and said, you know what, maybe, maybe, that's, maybe, maybe the Lord but he doubled back, went down this other street. And as he went down this other street, he came to a place where, again, he sensed the Lord saying, stop and get out right here. And at this point, he's just like, I don't even know if this is God or not. The, the last thing that he believed the Lord spoke to him was take this gallon of milk to that door. And he said there's the door next to it. There were lights on. The door was on either side of the house. But this door was the house was already blacked out. It looked like the people were either gone or asleep. And it wasn't the best part of town. And he did, so he didn't want to do it, but he, he just said, oh, I'm, you know, I've gone this far. I'm going to go. And as he went to the door and he, he knocked on the door, somebody, who is it? You know, and they yelled at the door, whatever. But the guy came out 
and he just kind of sheepishly handed up the milk. And the guy didn't say anything, but he went backwards and then a woman came out and they began to share with him how that they were broke, they had a baby, and they were praying that God would send them milk for this baby. And he said he just cried all the way home. You've just heard a transforming word brought to you by Pastor Bill Buffington. First Samuel is where we've been reading, and there's so much to take away from this book. Did you realize that many of the Psalms were written during the time that these events were happening? For much of this book, David was running from Saul. Wouldn't it be strange to be an arch enemy of your best friend's dad? Even though you didn't do anything deserving of death, you feel like a fugitive. And somehow, you found yourself in this situation where you're running for your life. This was much of David's existence in the book of 1 Samuel. He was doing great things, but King Saul was jealous of him and felt threatened by him. So he wanted to remove David completely from the upcoming kingship of Israel. Do you feel like you're on the run, undeserving of the circumstances you're in? Or are you on the other side, feeling jealous and insecure about another person, looking for their downfall? In either case, these two men needed God's help. One chose to rely on God, and the other turned away. Which direction will you choose? If you like the message you just heard, we're so glad. You'll find more solid teachings like this one from Pastor Bill Buffington at calvaryinglewood.org. Will you prayerfully consider spreading the good news with us? If this interests you, you can find the Give tab on our website. Don't forget, that's calvaryinglewood.org. This ministry is an outpouring of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Thanks for listening today to A Transforming Word.